Welcome to The Endpoints, a podcast from the ALS Therapy Development Institute, where we talk to people in the ALS community, from those living with ALS and their families to ALS researchers and fundraisers. I'm Gabrielle Bellitti, the Outreach and Community Engagement Specialist here at TDI, and I am here with Officer Jeff Rusa of Lee, Massachusetts, who is the Chief of Police. Thank you for being with me today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So can you tell us about when you received your ALS diagnosis and what was going on in your life at the time? Yeah, I was, I was diagnosed on September 5th of 2017. And the reason I can remember that date so well is I was actually driving home my wife after an appointment at Mass General. I don't think it was the mayor or Boston or the governor, one of the two had just announced it was, you know, consider that Pete uh, Frady's day. Mm. So it was kind of a, an ironic thing driving home here and that. I just got diagnosed with the fact that ALS. Yeah. At that point, I was in my uh, it was my uh, fifth year, fourth year, going to my fifth year as the chief of police in the town of Lee. Wow. And when you received your diagnosis, like after, how long would you say like it took you to process kind of the news and like how did it impact your life? Like, did it change it immediately? Was it something that kind of happened over time? Now, after the initial shock, I mean, when you hear from the doctor, the first diagnosis was back here in Berkshire County, and the neurologist kind of had a horrible bedside manner. I, we had, as a department, participated in the Ice Bucket Challenge in 2014, mm-hmm. but I really didn't understand ALS. We just, you know what, we, we saw the challenge going on, and we took it as an opportunity to to help out in the, it's a departmental function. Right. Uh, we did it, and I still didn't understand what the disease was, so when you know, the doctor says, well, you have ALS. I was like, okay, what, what's that mean? And he says, well, uh, two to five years, and wanted me to make another appointment with his with his uh, office manager. So it was kind of like, okay, so we have two to five years to live, and, and, and there we are. Yeah. Um, it was a slightly little different when I, you know, was confirmed to Boston. It's, it's still hard to take. You, you, you think you're going to die right away. At least, you know, you look at it and say, well, my life's over. And then once you digest it and, you know, your perspective changes a lot in life and what's important, you know, overnight it does. It was yeah. toughest to tell our, tell our kids. I have three, three boys and I told them that night. So that was, that was one of the toughest things I did do. As the Lee Mass Chief of Police, you have strong ties to the community. Uh, what what has your experience been with the community and, and since you've been diagnosed, how have they been supportive? They've been phenomenal. I'm, I'm born and raised here in Lee Mass. I've been here my whole life. Yeah. Um, the, the outreach and support from, from the, the men and women of the police department in the town has been incredible. They've had fundraisers. They've, you know, gone their way to help my family. This is probably the best town in, in the United States. You can't, you can't be the small town when it comes to support for your family and, you know, and everything else. It's been I can't describe it. It's been incredible, especially the town fathers. I've you know, remained in my job for two years, and they told me that when I'm ready to leave, I'll leave. And they're not, they're not, you know, pushing me to leave, and they've been extremely supportive. And how important is that to you to to still feel like you're not being pushed out, that you can still do your job, and and you know, I'm sure being a police officer is a big part of your identity. Well, it's, it's tough for me to take because. Uh, I was a very active police officer and, and chief um, in shape, always, you know, doing something just up with the kids. And uh, you, 
I feel guilty about being here, to be honest with you, because I can't do the job the way I used to do it. And I've shared that guilt with, with the town manager, and he's, you know, has assured me that, you know, I'll be here as long as I want, but it's harder for me to take because I can't be in the community the way I used to be. Right. So it's, it's, it's mentally, it's, it's tough. People don't see the, that side of it that I, I feel guilt from not being able to do a job the way I used to do it. And, you know, really I'm, I'm here because the longer I stay here now, it goes toward my retirement, you know, take care of my family because the more years you have on your based on your retirement, but, it's 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 a strange feeling when you you're an active person and you know you start to get worn down and you can't function where you did and you're you're very aware of the optics how it looks even though I've been told not to worry about that you still do. How did you become connected with Mike Polidoro? Before I actually even met Mike, I was I was out at a local uh, a bar with another chief and a firefighter from Pittsville came in. He was selling tickets for. Uh, for a raffle to support Mike Palladoro. And I didn't know who Mike was and wasn't aware of what was going on with Mike. And I asked the chief the next time who I was with us, and hey, what's the, who's this guy? He goes, don't worry about it. He goes, guy, just buy a ticket. So I bought a ticket, not, you know, not even thinking, you know, anything of it. And then two years later, um, the guy goes, hey, remember that ticket you bought that guy? Well, he's got what you have. And they, they hooked us up and we had a couple of beers and, you know, started a friendship from there. Yeah, yeah, and and what and are you doing, like to start arrest and extinguish? Well, I was also I, I needed to do something. I, you know, I did some experimental drug stuff, and I, I want to be able to to show my kids that it's not a not a crap situation. Honest with you, so yeah. I started thinking about what we could do, and and just kind of I was like, geez, boy, he's a firefighter, I'm a police officer. We rest and extinguish, and I shared with Mike, and he thought it was a great idea. Yeah, it's a great idea. He was kind of born there. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about Arrest and Extinguish? Like, what is it? Can you talk about your inaugural event that happened uh, this past May in Lenox? I, I heard you had over 800 communities. Oh, yeah. We had, a, we had a great turnout. We, when we first started, it was a great idea. It was a great saying, Arrest and Extinguish. Right. Like, boy, that's, that's catchy, and, and the fact that in these professions, Mike's guys and my guys go out of their way to take care of us. Mike's guys still go see him. He's been retired for years now. And they, they just take care of their own. They, there's a brotherhood. And yeah. it, it, it's, it's just, unless you're a police officer or a firefighter, you're never going to understand that. Some people look down on it, but they, they will travel for you. Mm-hmm. So we set up with a great slogan, but we were kind of spamming that. Boy, what, what should we do for an event? You know, because she's ice bucket challenge. I mean, that's catchy and it's easy to do. And, you know, so we, we had to throw on a bunch of ideas about, uh, we're thinking about go-kart races, you know, any any kind of funny thing, because we want to do something that's like social media funny that would catch on. You know, like know, Facebook funny, I called it. The, it's it's got to be. The concept is that police officers and firefighters hate each other. <laughs> Exactly, and that I mean, me and me and Mike go back and forth to that because he's a firefighter, I'm a police officer, and he's a Yankee fan. I'm a Red Sox fan, so it's, oh, it's the ultimate. <laughs> you know, it's the ultimate. You know, but the bottom line is, we'll do anything for each other. Exactly. But we want to play on the whole the whole competency because every town in America has a fire department, a police department. Right. Everyone does. So there's a wealth of, I mean, there's a big wealth to go to there to 
to get people from. So we had a couple more meetings, and I think um, it was just in, uh, the fire chief in our town, Ryan Brown, just suggested, hey, geez, we ought to do a tug of war. We, we could say, hey, pulling together for a cure. I'm like, boy, that that's great. You know, he just woke up in the morning and thought of that, so we added to the slogan. Yeah. And then we decided, okay, we'll do tug of wars and firefighters against police officers. And then we went to firefighters and police officers and EMS and you know, and then we had just um, open division because some of you want to get involved. We had tremendous support from a local um, concert venue, Tanglewood, which is huge with Boston at the orchestra. I reached out to them and they bent over backwards for us to give us location and anything we needed. They were they were phenomenal. So we had a location picked. We had a contest picked and we just had to publicize it. So we started calling everybody we knew that we met over the years and uh, we just started going from there to get teams. Yeah, yeah. And it seems like you had a great turnout. It's like amazing. Yeah, for for having three months of work with, we, we pulled together pretty good, but we couldn't have done that without the community support around here. Every Everyone we asked dropped everything and said yes. I mean, there's no other place you could have gotten this done in three months and had a turnout we had. Um, it's just you call someone, we had state reps involved, Smitty Pigatelli was was. Uh, very instrumental and whatever we needed we called him and he took care of it yeah my next question is what was your reaction to the response of the event but i can imagine it just probably overwhelming happiness to, to have that support yeah we were watching that at least i was watching the the, the ticker on on tdi's website to you know who was signing up and yeah i'm like man it's going slow which it's not getting there all of a sudden it's just we, uh, the Eagles took some picture of me and Mike one day, and I asked the Eagle report if I could use a picture. And I, and I put that on, we started a Facebook page for our, and our Twitter page, so I put it on the Facebook page of myself and Mike and said, basically, hey, here's who we are. Here's what we're doing. Can you help us out? And I think I got like 20,000 hits. And from there, it just kind of mushroomed in teams. Started rolling in. That's awesome. How would you like to see this event grow in the future? What would be your hope? I would like to, unfortunately, since the event, we've come across another first responder in the community that's been diagnosed with it. So I'd like to double it by next year. I'd like to have I'd like to have more military teams there because from what I've found out that it's basically military disability, ALS is so prevalent in the military. Yeah. That's considered a disability. So we'd like to have military teams We'll have, again, have open division and law enforcement, sheriff's departments. So we're, we're hoping to, I'm hoping to be $100,000 next year. That would be my goal. We already have a date picked. Tango's on board with it, so we're moving forward. And what would you say to convince other communities to participate if you had to pitch it? What would you, what would you tell them about arrest English and, and why they should get involved? Oh, because until I was diagnosed, you never thought about it. But once you diagnose ALS, you start seeing more and more people that you know are affected. You know, and it just people need need people. And I think um, it's very tough for myself and Mike in the position we're in, we're in now to accept help. It's tough. It's it's tough to take the support we're getting. I mean, it's phenomenal but we're used to being able to help people. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's kind of crushing to realize that we can't help people 
we have to rely on people, but it's amazing what people have done for us. So I think um, communities need to look out for each other, whether you're a firefighter police officer. Yeah. It's it just, it, it shows community. I think these things to do with a good event, it's a fun event if done right. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a lot of spectators. So it's, it's a great event to bring people together in the community. It's a great event for first responders to get out there and meet people in the community too, because there's a lot of interaction between the firefighters and the police officers and the people there. So it's it's a great way to build community ties as well between the police departments and fire departments and our communities. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, I can understand what you're saying that you like feel like you can no longer help people in the capacity that you used to. But I also think that when you see, you know, a firefighter or you see a police officer, very rarely do they show vulnerability. Very rarely do you see like kind right. of you know what I mean, that side. And so to see that, I think that you're still helping in ways that, you know, you can change people's viewpoints about, you know, police officers, especially in this day and age what's going on in the country. Um, I think it's important right. to see that you're human, you know, you have yeah. that you, you know, you, you said you had to sit them down and, and tell them and it's the hardest day of your life. And that I think is, is super helpful. And, and I, I'm going to ask you, what, what do you want your legacy to be? You know, do, do you want it to be arrested and extinguished? You know, wh- when you think about your legacy and your children and, and your history as a police officer and the chief of police, when you look back on everything, what do you want to be, you know, what, what, what do you want that legacy to be? Well, I really want to be, I want to be known as the first guy to survive LS. what I want to be. Nice. <laughs> the first guy to beat this is what I want to be. Yeah, yeah, And I think there's a lot of stuff out there now that, that needs to be brought forward that's kind of getting, the process of, of experimentation has to change, is what has to change. But as far as my legacy, I want to be known as a good father first. Yeah. And then being known as someone who, who cares for the community, which I, I, I do incredibly, and, and it shows because they've given back, you know, three, four fold. Um, but I'd, I'd like to be known as the first guy that beat this thing. Yeah. Oh, is, is there anything else that you would like to share about anything? Your experience as an officer, your experience with ALS, seeing a dad, anything that you'd want to share or just talk about it in terms of arrest and extinguish? I just want to, what I like to do is, is, is bring more awareness to, to research. You know, I, I, I know there's a lot of noise on, on the internet now with Twitter and Facebook about certain, about certain medicines and, and certain, you know, treatments, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. When there's that much noise, there's got to be something to it. Yeah. And the fact that the FDA and the government will sign an executive order to, you know, about vaping and, and about, you know, kidney disease and, but they won't let people try stuff. Yeah. When I can go to another country, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's, I, I understand the president signed the whole right to try law, but these pharmaceutical companies aren't letting people try because they're saying they don't want to have people that don't have money and not be able to try it. Someone's got to step in somewhere. There's, more and more people diagnose, and I get it. There's other diseases out there too, but to to die this way is I, I'm not afraid of dying. Everybody's gonna die. I want to die this way, you know, where you were once an active person, little by little, eats away. You and takes, takes, takes until you can't take anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's no way to to live a life. You know, but again, it's all about perspective. What, but 
the problem being is that something's got to change with the FDA. Something's got to change with research. The cure's got to be brought a lot faster. A lot, or not just medicines to slow it down. Yeah. For example, I, I did a Genentech study with um, a medicine, and uh, it was stopped because of one woman somewhere had some sort of vision problem, which one of the side effects. Mm-hmm. But once I got taken with medicine, I went, I went downhill fast. So there's got to be something out there that if it's working for you, they they at least keep taking it because they're not going to find anything with the system we have now. And they have, if you go with stem cells, you're going to put, put people to a placebo where they get 14 shots in their back with a placebo. That's, that's cool and usual punishment. I mean, you, you I understand science, but you're going to know if something works with their placebo or not. If something changes somebody's body, I get this placebo effect, but the fact that you're going to put someone through 14 rounds of injections in their spine with with nothing more than all stem cells is absolutely it's cool. Yeah. So yeah. the whole the whole system has to change. Like you guys say, it's it's not incurable; it's underfunded. Absolutely. And there's a lot of a lot of money out there being wasted on a lot of stuff that it shouldn't be wasted on. This is just my opinion from what I see, but yeah. I feel like I have a voice because I'm the one living with it. Right. Right. And what there's, more something's got to change that than the people living with it. So I think you're absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think that. You're right. A lot of things need to change. And, and you know, here at TDI, obviously, our, our focus is finding yeah. treatments that we can, you know, hopefully slow and, and stop this disease. And so, you know, we're, we're here fighting with you, sir. Um, and I really- just, well, the one thing I keep hearing is it's in the pipeline. It's in the pipeline. Stuff's coming. You're telling people they have zero time that it's coming. Right. I mean, that's the word. Don't worry. It's in the pipeline. A lot of, a lot of stuff's coming. Like, yeah, so a person got two to five years and two years into it. But right. that's, those are hollow words, man. Right. You got to move quicker. And that's just the reality yeah. of the situation. You've got to move quicker. Yeah. Having regulations and all of that definitely can be lifted. Process. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. Um, but I think that, you know, getting back to just arrest and extinguish, I think you guys got a really great thing going and um, really. Yeah. That. You know your town is super supportive, and I hope that more towns get involved and, and have the friendly, you know, competition. Whether you have military personnel and, and exactly, yeah, you just go against each other. I think that it would be really cool. I think you guys are onto something, and I can't wait to see it grow. And I really appreciate you taking your time. No problem. And talking with us today. And we we don't care what we don't care what they do for competition. They can have a cornhole competition. For all I care lungs. It's a police <laughs> against fire, and you know. Whatever you have to do, don't be tug of war. Right. Whatever you got to do. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Whatever you have so. to do to, to, you know, extinguish and arrest ALS, we will do it. Yes. Exactly. You. you have not been forgotten, sir. You, you are a prominent uh, member of your community. I'm sure, the town of Lee is very proud to have you as their chief. So, thank you so much, and I'm sure that I, I appreciate will- it. Soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have a good one. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. To hear more of the ALS Therapy Development Institute's Endpoints podcast episodes, visit als.net slash endpoints.